Hello, everyone. Welcome to a Lee Film episode breakdown where we get together to talk about our favorite TV series or TV shows that we're currently watching. I'm your co host, Richie. And uh, I'm Patrick. I'm the guest on this one. Uh, hello, Patrick. Um, yeah, so today we are watching um, my favorite series right now called The OA. And yeah, I'm happy to show you um, <laughs> my favorite show. I I'm, cannot wait to hear your thoughts, and I really appreciate you being here to talk about it with me. Yeah, I'm happy to uh, be doing this with you. I have been wanting to do this. I want to force all kinds of shows on you and Kevin and Tyler too. So I'm glad that we're doing this and uh i'm also glad to be watching this show because you've talked to me multiple times about it and it's one of those things for me where i just uh it's not an issue what's the word sometimes it's hard to start new shows or new investments especially when it's a multi-season thing or it just yeah so this is like a good thing to force me to watch this <laughs> finally yeah i'm glad i can uh in a sense, we can use this podcast to force each other to watch like our, our favorite content. Yeah. Um, <laughs> essentially, it's what it is. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, Pat, I'm so excited to like do this with you. I, I was like thinking like, oh, man, like I can't wait whether or not you like the show. Um, I am, I'm going to try my best to be prepared for whatever opinions or whether or not you like it. Uh, I'm going to like try to have my expectations uh, lowered because I don't know. I honestly don't know how you would feel, but I'm just happy that you're doing this with me and just to hear your thoughts, to hear somebody else's thoughts other than my own about it. Um, I don't think it's a very well-known show anyway. So um hopefully we can get people to watch it too and listen along with us and our opinions and i cannot wait for what you're going to be showing me in the future too because you know if you're gonna watch this with me i mean i'm i'll you know i'll bend to you your will pat yeah, yes no absolutely <laughs> i've been thinking about like all right i'm ready i'm ready for anything patrick's gonna show me <laughs> and yeah i don't think we'll force any suffering on each other i think I have faith in your picks and uh, I have faith in the show. Uh, there's certain things. Uh, maybe it's just episode one stuff. But like, yeah, when we do a little deeper dive, there's certain like aspects. I'm sure the show is going to. I don't even know, but like. Uh, yeah, let's just maybe get into it right away. Sure. Like, uh, so we're um, watching the OA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, watching the OA. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen it and you're listening to us, you should watch the OA. It is essentially about a woman who's disappeared from her small town for seven years, and she's come back very mysteriously after um, very tragic and odd circumstances. And she refuses to, to tell people where she's been, except for a select five people. And she needs to tell them her story in order for her to meet some mysterious objective. 
And that's basically the premise. And, uh, yeah, I had a. Uh, so, yeah, I'd, I'd read the premise one more time before starting the first episode again. And then uh, as we we're watching or I was watching, I noticed I had seen the show before. Probably the first 20 minutes. So I was kind of like, oh, man, I, I <laughs> vaguely remember all this, like the dog scene and the. The family coming home, I think I stopped at the throat punch. Oh, I, I don't think I was watching it. I think I was someone else was watching Netflix. And it just started it and I like sat around and watched it. And then after like 20 minutes, I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go back to doing my thing. And I got up and left. <laughs> Dang. I'm sorry the uh the dog scene or the throat punch didn't uh, keep you reeled in enough at the time. <laughs> that's that's what I was gonna touch on. I the first time through, I think it's I don't know if it's a Netflix thing or modern connotations, but I I I'm not a hundred percent on board at the start with the teen stuff, like the high school. Mm -hmm. I guess stuff's kinda Stop pulling me like, out of it. I'm kind of like, eh. like the low key coming of age uh, yes. side plots. <laughs> no, I actually, I, I really do like that. I think uh, the male character's name is Scott. Uh, Steve. Steve. Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Although you're not Perry. far off. There is going to be a Scott character, so you're not far off. <laughs> That's funny. I'll get. I'll probably get them mixed up too. But I, Steve, I, uh, I do like the invisible self. I do like the. I like the coming mm -hmm. of age stuff. I just don't like the God, how do you know how to word it? Like you gotta get me out of trouble. The stuff with the girlfriend. Oh, okay. Um Right, uh with Che. Uh Steve with Che and the whole like yeah. that whole dynamic. Or it's just the... like the yeah, like the the weight is being put on like him and her working it out or whatever. And by the end of the episode it kind of resolves it, it feels but like Right, right, for, right. For how long the intro is, it spends a lot of time on like the fear of a high schooler being sent to a military school or his, his girlfriend or his friend with benefits. It's just a friend with benefits and he won't get a relationship. Right. While there, while Prairie's in the background where it's like, this is a mystery. I want to solve this. I want more of this. <laughs> right. She's very okay. endearing as a character. And then we're back to Steve, which is a, it's it's important. And his coming of age stuff. I do appreciate it. Like especially yeah. the discussion with the teacher and that like that little non-verbal scene where they look at each other. Mm -hmm. Like that stuff's great. But then like the them doing flips on a roof in a YouTube channel. It's, <laughs> it's a slow start. And I love that by the end of this episode, we're going to different places. Yes. Like visually too, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's getting higher concept. It's leaving. Yeah. Out of, yeah, the intro is like there's like a teen drama element to the intro, and then it quickly supersedes that. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm way more invested, especially after the intro plays and we start Prairie Story. I was like, oh, I, I like this a lot. I want more of this. And now with episode two coming up, I'm kind of worried we're gonna go back to that, but that's episode two. Um. Okay. Yeah. I. That's really interesting. I'm. I'm. I'm glad that you like the, those elements where the OA gets to explain her story and we get, we do get to see other places. Um, 
episode two, there would be a bit more of it, but you know, it'll reel you in, reel you out. It's just one of those things, right? Um, especially since the, the narrative is spoken through her. So Netflix gives us that, uh, Netflix, I feel like is the, you know, the prominent streaming service that's allowing storytellers to do that. You know, the whole binge, uh, the concept of binging TV, right? And um, for us to like go back to that abandoned house and to sit down and to listen to her story, she's essentially telling us her story. And um, yeah, I like that the creators, Brit, Marling, and Zabat Manglish, um, they took that into consideration and that Netflix picked that up. And uh, yeah. Um, I'm glad we're not spoiling it yet. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, initially, I watched this many years ago, 2016, basically when it came out. So um, I didn't know what to expect. I, I just stumbled upon this show randomly um, on YouTube, actually. I was watching a channel. They're reviewing TV series. And they're reviewing um, what uh, what had come out right before the year was over, and then the OA was brought up, and they were talking so much about how the OA was a bad TV show, or they didn't like the first episode, and they said it was like a copycat of Stranger Things, and I was like, "Huh, that's a very interesting comparison." So I decided to watch the OA because I had seen Stranger Things, and um, safe to say that I actually love the OA way more than Stranger Things. I had not gotten back into Stranger Things since the first season, so. Um, Talking about copy, and Stranger Things is literally like an amalgamation of copies. <laughs> right, like uh, like Stephen King influence, right? And Steven Spielberg and the whole 1980s nostalgia factor. Yeah, and even obscure, like the character of Eleven is, I haven't finished the series, but it's like the intro with her is like, Elfin lied, lifted. Mm, the minus anime, like, yeah, minus the challenging gore and sexual tones and the inappropriateness of Elfin lied. It's right. Like a, it's a sanitized version now in Stranger Things. Like everything is in that. Yeah, I don't like Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least that's one thing we can agree on. Uh, yeah. Because I, yeah, I was not a huge fan of Stranger Things. Um. That's yeah. interesting you bring up Elf and Light, though, because I haven't seen that since I was in high school. But um, it does have elements of coming of age and discovering your own body and being like trying to be normal, right? Trying to be like this normal child coming out of like some experiment, right? So yeah, it's it's brutal and it's upsetting in Elf and Light, at least. Uh, yes. That traumatized me as a kid, actually. I was like, whoa, you know, the whole pen scene and like the escaping from the laboratory. I, that yeah, really I reeled me in. It reels you in. I stopped early after that. I, I will always <laughs> remember that intro and I can recognize when like Stranger Things kind of lifts from it. Interesting. Interesting. So wait, so you've never finished a series? The uh, Up and Light. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, that would be a good revisit sometime. Maybe. And then again, when people are saying they hate the way, but they love Stranger Things, 
that's just points for the OA so far. <laughs> yes, because I know uh, you're, uh, you, you've mentioned that you're, uh, you tend to gravitate to- more towards, like, I guess, the obscure or like the, you know, I guess you say you're more contrarian in that, in that regard when it comes to consuming film and TV. Yeah, I try not to be just just for the sake of it, because uh, <laughs> a lot of the smaller stuff and outside stuff has redeeming qualities that you don't find in the mainstream. And that's right. what, yeah, that's what art is. To me. It's finding yes. their voices and hearing their perspective. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm kind of like you in that I, I do kind of torture myself. Uh, I'll, I'll go through Reddit threads. And I'll, I'll purposely type in like Stranger Things versus the OA. And I'll look at all the, the, the opinions that people have that they compare these two shows because these two shows had come out in the same year. Um, so I was wondering like, what are their opinions regarding these two very different shows? Kind of similar in, in certain uh, regards. I won't say more than that, but... um. Yeah, I find that a way more people, yes, like you said, love Stranger Things. But uh, it's like comparing apples to oranges because the OA is supposed to be more emotional show. Stranger Things is more like, almost like fast food. More like, yeah. hey, look at this thing. And you remember this thing? And, you know, anyone who's grown up in the 80s, you remember this? And, you know, remember how much we love Stephen King? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, you remember E.T. and Star Wars? You love that? We love it too, you know. Yeah, that's where p- pastiche replaces substance, <laughs> right? And um, I, I I just love that the OA doesn't not do that. Although it does make references, you know, early on to like you know strangers on a train. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it has it has respect for other like uh, its other influences. I won't say more. I mean, there's. They're spread throughout the series, um, but uh, you'll probably get into it later, Pat, when we keep watching. But um, yes, a lot of the show reminds me of like concepts from like The Matrix and um, what else? Even the creators said that they were influenced by uh, uh, this book about near-death experiences. I think that's this is like the heart of the show is the idea of near death experiences and dying, what it means to die, where do you go after you die, um, and what happens when you come back. Um, yeah, that's like the whole, that's the pretty much the heart of the show, like the premise where it all started for these creators. Cause I was wondering myself, like, how did they come up with this show? Um, so, yeah, um, yeah. Let's let's just kind of dive in more into more details. Let's just kind of spoil it. Um, if you've gotten this far, please watch the show. Uh, we'll do this every episode. We'll just break it down, have it like a synopsis, a brief overview, and then we'll just we'll spoil the heck out out of it. So, um, overall, I love this first introduction. I love this first episode. And, um, yeah, Pat, anything on your mind you want to just jump straight into? Uh, as a 
So I don't know what's coming in the future. But it does have a lot of stuff I've already enjoyed. Uh, Narrative-wise, where I feel like they're already setting up stuff. I feel dominoes are being laid. Which is a good thing, obviously. Build up and pay off. Uh, I like the two central characters so far. Steven Prairie or the OA. Yes. I like the themes. I like the visuals. Uh, what's it good? What was I'm trying to think? What got me hooked? Like Homer, I'm I'm very curious about Homer. Uh, oh I yes, I like that they're integrating the internet as like a medium. They're like just random YouTube uploads can be <laughs> divinity yeah. and messaging. I like the yeah the overlap there. It's like oh that's cool. <laughs> like in the beginning when her um. And her mom, so to speak, says, yeah, I, I know YouTube. I know how to use that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then the YouTube is the portal where she first sees the news of her daughter and her return. Right. It's in her attempted suicide attempt. And then. Uh, OK, I have to ask you about that. OK, so. Why do you think she did that? Uh, that's one of those things where it's very much. Uh. I only have questions and like maybe three theories, which is a sign of, again, good writing where it's like, oh, she kidnapped. Was it like one of those horrible kidnap experiences? Is it a reincarnation aspect? Because like she there's mentions of people dying multiple times. It's like, oh, are they are they are they higher beings inside these human vessels and they're trying to free themselves? Hmm. Is it? <laughs> There's some angel elements like uh, I'm trying to remember what her scars on her back are. I'm like, mm. I immediately go like, oh, like wings being removed and stuff. And it's, yeah, it's just like a lot of there's like a lot of angles you can go. Uh, spoilers for the end, but when we get to the Russian stuff with the water tank. Right. And, like, the, the what are they called? The oligarchs. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going science fiction now. I'm like, oh, is there a science fiction angle? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, I, it's like a good hook of like oh what is it and then her but like ah, it's weird not weird but like her suicide is quickly overshadowed by like her vision being regained right how, how eccentric she is now that she's returned like it, it kind of takes the back seat where like oh it, I don't know I feel like I'll find out <laughs> the reveal on that and it'll mm-hmm. just be a natural fit because her character Kind of makes that like a believable thing. Like she would just hop off for any number of reasons because she has like concrete beliefs. It feels like, mm-hmm. and I can guess all day, but until I see the <laughs> reveal, it's it's probably going to be uh, eluding me. I'm I'm loving all the theories that you provided because um, I feel like you um, asked way better questions at the time when you know um, this time around than than I did when I first watched it. Because I just kind of, I just watched a show on a whim and I didn't, I didn't know what to think. I didn't have any predictions or theories. I just watched it and I let the show just take me on this journey, you know? And I, I think that's some of the, I think that's like a sign of it, me just really loving the show, just taking it all in and not really questioning um, too much. Um, yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah, I think you I think you are asking 
the right questions. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think you're doing a really great job of like thinking about those little details because I think someone like me at the time just overlooked it. And now that I'm watching it again, <laughs> I'm able to ask you, right? Because I've already seen the entire the show in its entirety. So um, now I'm just more of an observer and I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to like, get a gauge of your reactions and, and where your thought processes are at. So, yeah. And it, has, it does have the burden of like expectations because you recommended it, which is like, I know it's mm -hmm. not fair for me. And the way I watch things is where I do want to sit there and go like, what's the next, what's the next <laughs> thing that's going to happen? I want to try to predict it. <laughs> like Babe Ruth, everything. Yeah. Cause it feels, it's satisfying. And it's like a sign to me, it's like a sign of good writing when you can have multiple mm -hmm. their directions and then hopefully it goes on one of the good ones or it's, if it's something unexpected and it's amazing, which is like a really refreshing thing. It just makes the experience in the show like that much more impactful to me when I watch that right. way. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we can use these breakdowns to like document <laughs> your predictions in your theories. And then we can go back to them and be like, Hmm, is that a sign of good writing, Patrick? Or not good writing? <laughs> like, like, yeah, I, you picked it, you predicted way off. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's satisfying, it's satisfying. I, I try to, I, I very, very, I try very hard not to let it negatively impact my viewing experience, unless I predict it like right away, and then it's unsatisfying still. Right. Right. Like if they build it up for a season and then I've predicted it episode one and it's meant to be the climax, it's like, ah, <laughs> it has to be really good to stay positive after that because it's so yeah. it telegraphs itself sometimes. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, even if you did predict it or if you end up not liking, you know, the I guess the end result, uh, you know, I'll still appreciate and be happy the fact that you gave it even a chance and hopefully in the process understand uh, why someone like me would even had love the show in the first place. So, um, I, yeah, I think the show already has inherent redeem, like just positive qualities like the again, back to the exchange between Steve and the teacher and then her joining the party. Right. It's like, oh, like already that alone is like just positive. I've already gotten more out of this show than Stranger Things. <laughs> yes, that's a bonus points for the OA already. Yeah, um, absolutely. And yeah, I uh, yeah I enjoy how like at first everyone seems very disconnected from each other. Um, I know that this was a point of contention before, or at least like a like criticism of the show, at, at least in the beginning, is that like the cinematography, like it's very like gray, it's kind of darker. It's not like bright, you know, it's not exuberant or anything. Um, but I think that that's done with a purpose because the OA is like returning to her hometown and, you know, she's experiencing this some sort of miracle. You know, she was blind and now she can see, right? And everyone's curious about that and she won't tell anyone why. Um, so I just love that uh, the, such a, there's such a huge contrast between like where they live 
And then when she begins to tell her story and she tells everyone to close her eyes and imagine where she's been. And we see like um, Moscow, you know, the, like these snowy um, uh, structures and yeah. like white yeah, and red. The, right. Uh, yeah, because that's, that's where you see like where the budget comes in, you know, for the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I do like, uh, yeah, like already it's communicating that her homecoming isn't like a good experience. It's, it's monocolor. It's gray. It's a uh, dingy, not dingy. They're like, they're like middle-class, but uh, yeah, there's a gray aura. Characters aren't going through good times. And then, yeah, like again, when we go to her origin, if we're in Russia, you know, the stark colors are coming in and then like the beautiful scene of, uh, I think it's her and the father. In like a greenhouse. Yes. Yeah, it's like a big pop of color and nature. And yeah, it's just like, oh, the yeah, this is why you have the gray earlier. Mm-hmm. They're not yeah, they're not going to like Yeah, there's 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 a clear purpose and design that yes. yeah, it, it's not doing it to be like, oh, we're a serious show. We're all gray all the time. <laughs> right. Um definitely not trying to be, you know, DC or anything. But um yeah, uh, there is a detail that I that I had even myself kind of looked over, and it, I think it's a very controversial element to the story. Is basically the the bus crash that kills all the children except for her, except for Nina, um, Nina as in Prairie, as in OA. Um, kills her for a second. Yes. Uh, or like that's her NDE, her near death experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally forgot about that. Like uh, <laughs> that they they started off the first episode with this uh, huge tragedy. Um, that is kind of easy to overlook because um, it happened, and then you know the focus is on her, right, and not like the actual crash itself. Um, I thought that was very yeah. interesting. And again, back to back to Meek predicting stuff was it was was there five other kids on the bus was there hmm, hmm. maybe huh. it, was, I it was at least four <laughs> we didn't see everyone maybe i don't know and then uh <laughs> a little detail notice was the uh the maternal figure which i was like oh i wanted it to be her mom oh the when she has the she's like having the experience near-death experience when she's in the another right. realm or higher plane i don't know what it is yet but uh the person who reaches in the water mm-hmm. they have like a i don't know if it's like aroma garb and then there's like but they have like a punk shirt on i think it's like one scene that like the shirt jumped out at me because that was like this ornate fabric but there's like a graphic tee under it and then in the other scenes the shirt's covered in shadows i was like oh what's this oh so, yeah i just want that on record That's yeah kind of, yeah you've gotten more of these details than i ever did <laughs> um, again yeah because i'm expecting stuff like the bar is high and it's already hitting it which is a i'm very happy to report that okay um yeah i'm, I'm really liking that you were able to point those details out uh I believe a lot of 
this other section is probably influenced by Z- the creator and director um, Zabat Manglish's own culture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's as far as I can tell from that. Um, so we will see. Uh, yeah, that's um, that's one of those parts of the story where, like, when I first watched it, I don't know what to expect in terms of like the genre of the show because oh it's like is it psychological is it just you know a drama what are all these other elements is it fantasy you know sci-fi or what have you right um so i like that this is one of those shows that like it it slowly peels those layers for you and you just have to be like patient enough to like allow it to be revealed to you um, but it does keep you thinking and guessing, right? Um, you are in the perspective of the kids at times because they do goff and they do laugh. Like what? you know, you said you're born in Russia. They're like, oh, I can, I can imagine with my eyes closed, you know, you can tell a lot of them aren't very patient and open at first to her. So, you know, the whole concept of like leaving your door open, <laughs> you know it's already odd enough right she's already asking for a lot and doing all these like weird things like i need internet (laughs) i need wi-fi (laughs) and yeah it's the classic like uh it's like non-explicit mysticism mysticism or like it's its own mysticism of like the significance of the doors right it's like we don't know yet or i don't know if we ever find out but like there's clearly like a mystical aspect to having to do that and same thing with the why i like the internet being used as a medium for communication it's like well it's Mm -hmm. like uh yeah this is a unique idea it's its own lore it's building it feels like right right oh man yeah oh yeah i love uh just unpacking this episode so far because you're helping me wanting to just backtrack and look at all the details again um man and i and i'm trying hard to like not even spoil anything in the future because we've only seen the first episode so like uh i can't even say more but uh yeah i know that there are some things in the show you know maybe the dialogue could for some people could be too cheesy or too corny or some things may be too explicit you know like the first 10 minutes there's like a sex scene and some and you know there's an angsty teen punching a hole in the wall and you know the dad just comes in like why is there a hole in my wall it's just like for me i just kind of (laughs) like i just take it in i don't i try not to like be uh uh what's the word i try i try to suspend my disbelief a little bit um when it comes to those things that's that's probably my only hang up and even then it's like an irrational one because i know that i assume it's intentional but like like the the angsty teen stuff is probably directly connected to the themes of the show or just like a prairie says like the inner self outer self Mm -hmm. internet age like there's stuff there's substance there and sometimes you do have to do like the angsty teen writing or yeah that's that's i'm it's a negative but i'm trying to 
mm-hmm. accept it like like you said because it's not worth just knocking the show for that when it does right. fit medically if the whole season's like that if the whole series is like that maybe i'll knock it then <laughs> yeah and and you know you're welcome to it uh i know for some people that's kind of a hang-up um i mean for me it's like eh, i could take it or leave it right i'm, I'm kind of more neutral it's not something that bothers me too much but um yeah and, and especially since like steve comes off extremely d- unlikable i mean he's a bully we know this um yeah they they outright tell us you know that he's a bully and we we see it through his actions um and at times like he is um trying to do better and he's trying to be a better person but man yeah he's pretty unsufferable at first um especially Yes, it does. Um, yeah, and I think the actor Patrick Gibson does a good job portraying him. He, and I, I didn't even know this, but after the f- I looked it up after the fact when I first watched the show. He's he's an Irish actor. It's like man, you know, like these actors do such a good job of portraying like these suburban small town kids, you know, in like I think it's in Michigan. Not so sure, like. Yeah. Uh, um yeah and like I, I like that the cast is a bit diverse you know we have like a, a vietnamese trans gendered um child uh teenager who is like trying to buy uh what's uh they were trying hormones? to buy yeah yeah hormones because steve is like the dealer and um we have french who is like the kind of like the jock or like the popular smart kid. And then we have Jesse who's like the, um, yeah, hey, along with, friend. yeah, he's like the outcast. And we have, uh, Betty Broderick Allen, BBA as, um, the teacher. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, yeah. So, um, I'm interested to see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see how your reaction is for this series in the future. Um, yeah. And I think before we, before we uh, close it out, I just want, I do want to mention that I, I really love the, um, that scene when Nina was on the bus and she speaks very briefly to the, the kids on the bus. I don't know what source material they were referencing, but they're talking about like, Oh, I don't know if I liked it that much. Like, you know, they thought it was a bit dark, something about death and you're here and you're not here. Or, and then Nina says, oh, you're always somewhere. Um, I really liked that part. Um, it definitely glossed over my mind when I first watched it. And um, I think that's something to remember for the future of the show. And, um, uh, and it reminds me of the the film the sweet hereafter which is essentially about the aftermath of a bus accident that kills a bunch of children and teenagers um and it's based on a true story about the actual accident that happened in texas um in 1989 so i wonder if that's like a reference to that so i just want to bring that out there that um 
yeah, I wonder if there is an intention to point out real world or real life events because uh, the show will slowly point out to other, um, you know, texts in our, in our real world. And I, I really like that. And it, and it has me, you know, scouring the internet, like, okay, what's real, you know, what's not. Because the kids in the show um, do the same thing. So I feel like I'm a part of that journey. What was that? I want to avoid spoilers, but like, I want to say it has to be some Tolstoy story or something, because they have a rich literature tradition in Russia. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure it's like probably like one of the biggest books. This kid's probably just read for the first time and they're, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I, would, I, would, I would definitely try to recommend not doing too much research on the show. Um, so she's been out like what, five years now. Yeah. But, um, the, the Netflix fucking spoiled me a little bit. Did it? Yeah, when I like I hit circle on episode or I backed out of circle episode one after watching it. Mm-hmm. And you know they have like the 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 graphic design like background of the show. Right, right. Yeah, there, there was like characters and like locations I got to oh. see. I was like, oh what is it's like a utopia city or something. I don't know. There's a road trip angle. There's like oh. characters I recognized at a car. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Thanks, Netflix. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Because they have, yeah, they have yeah. like, they change the thumbnails. They'll change the images if you just highlight over them. Um, yeah, hopefully that, isn't, that didn't damper any like predictions that you'll have. Uh, no, no, no. I'm trying to stay blind. It's the only exposure so far. Yes, yes. I, I'm so excited, uh, Pat. Um, but yeah, uh, any anything else before we close this episode? Any other thoughts? Uh, no, I'm just looking forward to watching more and uh, doing the series. Awesome. Uh, yeah, again, uh, I really appreciate it, Patrick, that you're with me and we get to do this breakdown as episodes for a late film podcast um yeah i still i still don't even know how we're gonna do this <laughs> in terms of uh yeah i think if we get a couple in the bag we can yeah meet up with everyone and then really hammer out our little branding campaign or whatever we're gonna sure. do for this <laughs> yeah i think we could uh yeah brand this as like a right side project or um you know it will, probably won't be like It'll probably be episode one, right? So, um, have our little side-by-side breakdown. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you again for joining me. I, I like this a lot more. This feels more intimate. We'll, uh, we'll have more episodes in the future for everyone. Um, and yeah, again, I'm your co-host, Richie, and thank you, Patrick my special guest for joining me on this episode and um yeah and we'll see everyone again soon for episode two